God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, you know, there's a lot of weird stuff going on in Washington. Censorship is up, and uh, CPAC is getting censored. So on Twitter, uh, the links to CPAC are... Um, getting censored. And then if you write about NATO, if you write about NATO and you question NATO in any way, Twitter will ban you. Uh, so it's, uh, it's getting pretty, pretty ridiculous out there with that. And, uh, you know, when you take a look at that, you just say, where is it going to end? You know, what, what, what's, what's next? So, uh, Molly Hemingway was uh, basically addressing that actually through uh, through a, a retweet, and she was basically talking about the uh, well. Let's see. Uh, here it is. Democrat leader of efforts against election integrity and ballot security is upset about. Uh, oh, this is a different one. Um, well, you know, she basically said that uh, where's it going to end? You know, if it's if it's uh, uh, CPAC today, if it's you can't question COVID, if uh, you you can't question anything that the government is doing, uh, and now you talk about NATO, NATO being a red flag, you'll get banned on Twitter, and the. The people that are supporting the Equality Act right now are the ones also supporting, you know, the big tech companies, uh, the, the Section 230 protections. And you just wonder, uh, when is this going to end? We have to fight back. Uh, there's just way too much at stake for our country uh, to be dealing with this. Um, and you wonder how we got here. I mean, they're comparing the FBI to Gestapo. If you go over to the Gateway Pundit, 
Uh, they have pictures of the Gestapo and the, the FBI. Is this the kind of country we want? This is certainly the kind of country that the liberal Democrats want to create. So I'm going to resort over to my uh, my Twitter social media where I've put together you know, a whole list of things I want to cover today. It's a hodgepodge because right now the news cycle is sort of like a lot of different things going on at the same time. Not very exciting, not very important, but yet very important. They're, they are important, um, but not very um, not very profound in, in a lot of ways. I mean, when we were talking about uh, when, when Trump was president, he, I think he was making some big changes. Here we just have all this stuff that just kind of makes you roll your eyes. Like Biden basically being told by Ted Lieu that he shouldn't be in charge of the nuclear codes and the nuclear football. That that should be somehow Nancy Pelosi's job. Her, she and her Congress. And everybody knows that Nancy Pelosi, <laughs> not that I want Biden. Biden, of course, Biden's out to lunch, right? He's three fries short of a Happy Meal. Um, the, just take a listen to this. I mean, this is a case again where we've played this clip, I think. But it says, no wonder they're putting off the State of the Union. Biden can't speak coherently. That's another thing that we're going to talk about. The only way to spare more pain and more loss, the only way these millstones no longer mark our national mourning, these milestones, I should say. He's reading off of a script. He doesn't even know what he's saying, right? The Bradford file writes, Joe Biden isn't giving a State of the Union address because his brain is mush. So, you know, how do you lose to a group like that? How do you lose to the Democrats? How are they able to pull the con of the century? How are they able to rig the elections? How are they able to outflank us, outflank the conservative movement? Well, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you exactly why. Here's a... C-SPAN says, question, do you believe former President Trump should uh, speak at CPAC? And the GOP leader, McCarthy from California, Congressman McCarthy, says, yes, he should. But there's another dodo brain, rhino, rhinoceros, standing in the background with her stupid mask on. And her name happens to be Representative Liz Cheney. She said, that's up to CPAC. I don't believe that he should be a play, playing a role in the future of the party of the country or, or the country. And McCarthy, on that note, thank you very much. Okay, we're going to take a listen to that. Remember, Matt Gates has said, tweeted out over and over and over again. Matt Gates said, that Trump is the leader of the Republican Party. And end the story. And you could see how this is jockeying out now. This this, this is uh, like people are jockeying for position. There are people that understand the value and understand the power uh, associated with the America First agenda to make America great again. You could see it. 
And then there are other people that want to go back to the status quo of consistent losing. You know, I think enemy number one is Liz Cheney and, and Kinzinger because they're stupid enough to actually not afford a person due process and just impeach them at will. They're just that dumb. Kinzinger from Illinois and Cheney from Wyoming. Or they're that Kool-Aid drinking or they're that corrupt. It can't be that they're stupid, really. So it's got to be that they're corrupt. It's got to be that they have a conflicting interest. It's got to be that they're taking kickbacks and that they're all that's wrong with with Washington, D.C. But let's take a listen to this. Okay, the question was, do you believe President Trump should be speaking at CPAC this weekend? And he said, yes, he should. And then Liz Cheney, Liz Cheney, 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 Cheney. Cheney? That's up to CPAC. I've I've been clear in my views about uh, President Trump and and the extent to which following following January 6th, uh, I don't... Okay, I'm going to take another listen to that. uh, Hold on. That's up to CPAC. I've I've been clear in my views about... uh, President Trump and, and the extent to which following the extent to which following January sixth, uh, I don't I don't believe that he should be playing a role in the future of the party or the country. On that high note, <laughs> it's absolutely disgusting, isn't it? It's absolutely disgusting that she could do that, but she did it. She's doubled down on stupid. Liz Cheney has doubled down on stupid. And she end, she's going to end her political career come the primary, uh, the summer of 2022. And our organization is definitely going to be right there smiling. Buglecall.org and magapac.org. Um, by the way, uh, people have asked, why the two different organizations? Well, uh, it's a strategic uh, move for buglecall.org. It's more of a, uh, well, that is our, we had to do it for several reasons. One, we didn't want the IRS to block us. So if you put MAGAPAC out there, which is the name we love, um, and we all love them both. We love both names. But if you put MAGAPAC out there and you're seeking approval from the IRS, you're going to get flagged. You're going to get censored. The banking will censor you. There, You'll be censored in so many different ways. So what we did was we put a front out there, buglecall.org, that's uh, the face of the organization that appeals to uh, larger donors uh, and uh, that appeal that, that basically if there's a corporate donor or, or a, a bigger donor, what may happen is they, they may get, blacklisted they may get censored they may get boycotted uh, and they don't necessarily want that they may support the america first agenda to make america great again but they may get in trouble or they might cause themselves some harm and it might make things difficult for them so there's two outlets really uh they're part of the same entity buglecall.org though is a friendlier name for some now, for us, we love it. We love MAGAPAC. 
We love red meat Trump conservatism because we love what he stands for. And look no further than two issues that we're going to be covering in great detail today. And that is, look, and look no further than not just the BS we just heard, the, the division and split of our party. We need to take ownership of the Republican Party. We need smash-mouth politicians that are not afraid to stand up for what is right. And that is Marjorie Taylor Greene, in my opinion. Now, i got to tell you, I've spoken with a lot of people and uh, I got to tell you, even some that are really loving Trump somehow don't really take Marjorie Taylor Greene seriously. And I don't get it because every single thing I've ever heard her say. Now, there is the, the thing she apologized about, I don't even know what that was about, really. I think she just basically had the same questions and made the same accusations about January 6th that I did. So I don't know. I don't have a problem. I'm not apologetic. I know that that was an infiltration from Antifa that was designed to... And I know about the Kraken and Sidney Powell and how what a fraud they are. And uh, I don't have any faith in what Sidney Powell is doing with the Supreme Court. None. And I actually have more information than I had um, months ago about General Flynn. Turns out General Flynn's a black hat, not a white hat. He was a black hat infiltrating the Trump administration, just like Stefan Halper infiltrated the Reagan administration. But it was General Flynn that then got himself pinched by a couple of rogue FBI agents and that started the ball rolling because, as I had said in the past, this whole thing that you're witnessing in terms of the Russian hoax is, and Sean Davis wrote about Hillary Clinton's new thriller as her first fiction. He says, no, that was your second fiction. Russian hoax was your first fiction. But, you know, I've said this before and I'll, I'll say it again just to get through and tie it together. Um the Russian hoax was the same playbook as the Watergate, where the plumbers, the robbers, the burglars of the Watergate burglarized the DNC, and they were paid for by the D- They were paid for by the DNC. They burglarized their own headquarters. Who would do that? You would know whatever back in 70, 1972, Nobody would ever th- dream that you would burglarize your own headquarters with a bunch of Cuban socialists that used to work at the CIA, the plumbers, but they did. Then they turn around and they get Nixon on the cover-up, not the crime, because Nixon didn't know anything about the crime. Well, that's Watergate. Well, fast forward to the Russian hoax, and you basically got the Democrats colluding with the Russians so that they could actually pin that banner on Donald Trump and say that he was colluding with the Russians, right? And then he would cover that up and he would do a lot of things to cover it up. But that would have been amateur hour. And one thing I remember hearing Trump say is, one thing I, Trump said this, Trump said, one thing I learned about Nixon is 
the cover-up is worse than the crime. And he was right, right? That's, you know, we've heard that a thousand times. But what he meant to say was, I know what the game is. I know that the game is that they want me to actually put fingerprints on the cookie jar. And if they get fingerprints on the cookie jar, they can arrest me for because my fingerprints are on the cookie jar. They get a, they could impeach me for obstruction. So he said, you know what? I choose not to get involved. And everybody was saying, why don't you get involved, Trump? Why don't you get involved? And he, he basically understood the play. Why? Because he knew the players. Who were the players? Well, just ask yourself, who was on the Watergate Commission? Was that Hillary Clinton? Yes, it was. Jerry Zeifeld, Zeifeld fired her for lacking integrity. But she was on the Watergate Commission. She knew the play. And I guarantee you, when you read, if you were to ever read Hillary Clinton's thriller book, you would find that there would be remnants of Watergate in there because the two are from the same playbook. And the issue is, and, and, and the same player, Hillary was part of the Watergate Commission. She also financed the Russian hoax through the Russian dossier. Huh. What are the odds of that? What are the odds of when there was an impeachment trial, the first one for Trump, that John Dean from Nixon's Watergate and Carl Bernstein and Bob Woodward were in this centralized on CNN and MSNBC as being the experts on the impeachment trial? What are the odds? So, no, it's the same exact play. And you can't tell me that General Flynn was that stupid that he would find himself alone in a room with Pianka and Strzok and then get pinched, then get fired within two weeks and then decide, well, you know what? I think the smartest thing to do now would be to hire Covington and Burling. Who's Covington and Burling? Covington and Burling is Eric Holder's law firm. Why would you do that if you're the smartest guy in the room? Fast forward all the way to the Jericho March and the Georgia rally and all these different things. And you got these liberals standing up on stage acting like they're the patriots. Like Lynn Wood, don't, don't be fooled. Don't vote twice. Don't, don't be dumb. You're not, George, you're not dumb. And basically probably impacted ten to 20,000 votes in Georgia. And that was uh, his cohort was Ali Alexander, another loser, another fraudster, and so-called conservative connected with Karl Rove. Yeah, and this all smells. Sidney Powell wrote a book called License to Lie in 2014. And in it, she wrote a glowing, beautiful appraisal and signed copy and sent it over to Judge Emmett Sullivan the guy that was the judge that was holding everything up in the Flynn trial. And it just doesn't make any sense, folks. It doesn't. There's a lot to this. And you got to ask questions. you got to be skeptical. Part of the reason why we're losing or we lost or we got beat is not 
because we don't care enough. It's because we, we're believing the wrong people. We're being conned. What, what is happening is there are infiltrators that are attaching themselves. I would even say they are attaching themselves to Red State Talk Radio because we have the biggest platform and the biggest voice in America. So what has happened is they're trying to use our platform to sow disinformation to people. And they're like con artists. And that's the biggest problem of all, is you have to be skeptical. Be skeptical about what I'm telling you. I'm giving you my view based on my research and what I have found and what doesn't seem to add up. And there have been no wins. The, the promises made were not promises kept. And, you know, a lot of people get confused with regard to General Flynn. But remember, he was hired twice by the most radical, liberal, anti-American in history, and that was Barack Hussein Obama. Hired Flynn twice. And then, just as a coincidence, Charles Flynn, Mike Flynn's younger brother, Turned out that Flynn is now heading up the Pacific Army in the Pacific in control of all of Asia, working for the most radical liberal administration that may or may not even include Joe Biden. Did you hear the story about the Marine sentry not standing outside of the Oval Office when Biden was supposed to be in the Oval Office? That doesn't, that seems a little fishy. And Jen Psaki didn't give a good account of that answer. So it's, it's kind of crazy there, you know? And um, so what can you say about it? So it's just open, you know, keep your eyes open and keep being skeptical. That's all I'm going to ask you to do. Just do that. Be skeptical. We cannot afford to lose anymore. And, you know, when Louisiana, for example, I think they, I bet you, and I didn't look this up, but I bet you Louisiana has a liberal legislature. I know that they have a liberal governor, and then they have a Republican as an attorney general, kind of like Kentucky. Um, But they're advancing... Um, they're advancing uh, the ball when it comes to electronic voting. Why do you think Democrats, you know, Democrats love electric voting machines? Why do you think that's one of their biggest endeavors? Because these electronic voting machines help them win. And it's the only reason why they have a, a larger number of registered voters than we have, than Republicans is because, number one, there's a growing independent class uh, from the Republicans' party who's, you know, people like have left the Republican Party because they don't support Jeff Flake, Bob Corker, Paul Ryan, uh, Justin Amash, and all these rhinos, John McCain at one point, once upon a time, Lindsey Graham. They know that they've been lied to. Mitch McConnell. You know, Liz Cheney, Kinzinger, 
all these people that are not in lockstep. You know, the thing about Nancy Pelosi holding the keys to the nuclear code because Ted Lieu thinks that Biden's not equipped upstairs is that she could control that whole body of liberals with a push of a button. I mean, she can literally control the entire body. There are hardly anyone, when when it's an important issue, nobody will ever, ever cross Nancy Pelosi because as her daughter said, she will cut your head off and you won't even know you're bleeding. She's that vicious. I'm only quoting her daughter who said that. I wouldn't make it up. In any case, um, there is also some other issues that I want to talk about um, and some things that I've seen. I want to talk about something about what Steve Miller uh, had to say about immigration. And then there's also a ruling, Judge Tipton in Texas uh, ruled that he's going to be a permanent ban on the pause or a a ban on Biden. So they basically said that they're uh, rejecting Biden's pause, 100-day pause for deportations, which meant the law in the books is that there's a deportation, right? There's a deportation uh, law. Trump signed the order. And that means that there's, you, you know, when people come in, the rule is you don't catch and release them, you deport them. Okay? And so Biden signed an executive order to create a 100-day pause. And he was going to then try to figure something else out. And they're trying to get as many people in as possible, partly because they hate the middle class because the middle class stands in the way of their socialism. That's, you know, because if you take a look at COVID, COVID's been the biggest redistribution of wealth from the middle class to the aristocratic elites in history. That's a fact. That the middle class has been hit the hardest. So naturally, the Democrats love that because it's the vibrant, working, independent thinking middle class Americas. You know, generally speaking, the middle class is the one that's in the middle of their career. They have young children, typically, more disproportionately, that depend on good schools, that care, care about religion and make those decisions within their household, that actually have to sit down at the kitchen table and create a budget and be responsible and pragmatic. And they don't like to be told what color picket fence they can paint their fence or whether they could build a deck or a pool in their yard. So they don't like all those regulations and controls and they don't have the same power as multinational corporations. They're just going to work, paying their bills, paying their taxes and wanting the government to just stay out of their way. The middle class holds their head high, buys their Ford truck, goes to church on Sunday, sends their kids to the school of their choice, and there they are. Boom. Well, that Democrats like Nancy Pelosi hate that. So COVID, naturally, with the Fauci draconian rules, have 
distributed their wealth, put them out of work, and basically crushed them. And now every one of those people that's out of a job is at the mercy of that $1,400 stimulus check. Can't wait till that comes in. I can put some food on my table and feed my children. I'm grateful for the government to give me that money. They were never like that before. They're trying to condition it. And that's why I keep reading about this COVID-21. It's a new variant. Because the liberals, just like they loved the way the rigging of the elections and COVID and mail-in balloting restrictions worked out for them so far, they're going to go back to the well. It's sort of like a wrestler. If you were in, a re- in college wrestling or something like that, and you say, well, this move worked on in the first period. I went to it in the third period, and it was my go-to move, and that's how I won the match. It worked before. I figured I'd go to back and try it again, and it worked again. Right? Same move. Well, COVID-21 will be COVID-19. You know, the same move. If it works so well then, why not go back to the well and do it again? Of course they're going to do that. But the same Democrat Party says that's not enough. We need to crush the middle class even further. So a lot of those middle class, once middle class people who were displaced from their job, who were making a decent, low, okay, good enough living, maybe lower middle class, but they're out of a job thanks to the COVID pandemic. Companies are going out of business left and right because, you know, the supply chain is down. If the restaurants are closed, they're not buying the tomato sauce. They're not buying the noodles. They're not buying the broth, chicken broth. They're not buying whatever, right? They're not buying steaks. They're not buying stuff, vegetables, you know, and so on and so forth. You can take that example infinitum. And so that supply chain is down, and all these industries are being hurt by the draconian measures that are crushing America. I call them the Fauci draconian measures. The Dr. Fauci that said masks were good before he said masks were, uh, he said masks were not needed before they were needed. He said the same Fauci that said asymptomatic patients don't spread before he said they do spread. The same Dr. Fauci that said 15 days to slow the curve. No, let's make it a month. Let's make it a year. Let's actually put it off indefinitely. The same Dr. Fauci that said we should never stop wearing masks. We should never shake hands again. Uh, You should never hug your neighbor again. The same crazy five foot six midget Dr. Fauci. Little man syndrome, Dr. Fauci, who thinks he's some sort of pseudo-celebrity, he's about as much of a celebrity as Avenatti. It was a celebrity before he ended up in jail. The guy is a total fraud. 50 years in the business, never taking a risk, exploiting taxpayer dollars for all it's worth. Insider trading on medical patents. That's Dr. Fauci. He's a swine. Plays an unfair playing field. Did you ever see the guy throw a pitch? Remember when he threw that pitch? The guy has not one athletic bone in his body. Yet he thinks he's some sort of rock star. 
This guy is a loser, but he is in control, and his ego is out of control. His ego is absolutely out of control. The guy that used to pick his nose in the corner is now a rock star whose ego doesn't want to let it go. He wants to stay on the stage. And here comes the hook, pulling him off the stage. But he'll go reluctantly. You watch. His measures have done so much damage to our country. Well, the same party that supports him also supports this open border immigration, this absolute craziness, and not only that, hypocrisy, because where they were saying the same rooms and the same facilities and the same methodology that was used under Trump, Biden is continuing. And what they used to call kids trapped in cages, and then they don't tell you, They were the ones that built the cages in 2014 during the Obama regime. Um, They're now saying it's okay. It wasn't okay under Trump, but it's okay now. That's one thing I got to say about Ocasio-Cortez. At least she's poo-pooing Biden's immigration as as, not as equally, but, you know, in, in the same way that she did under Trump. Maybe she was a lot harsher under Trump. But I want I want you to take a listen to Stephen Miller, who's taking a lot of heat right now. It says Stephen Miller, Biden's plan, most radical immigration bill ever written. Okay, now why do you hear this? Okay, this is an immigration bill. This is the most radical that you've ever heard uh, that you ever hear in your life. And I said this. I said um, it seems that everything liberals do is about buying, coercing, and exploiting new voters to become Democrat voters who suddenly will receive voter registration as a Democrat, whose ballot will automatically be uh, vote in a voting machine with an algorithm favorable to Democrats. That's the world we're living in right now. That's the country we're paying taxes in. Our tax dollars go to the rich, uh, it's not it's not it's not the way the founding fathers drew it up you're supposed to pay taxes fair fair you know tax no you know what is it no ta- taxation without representation i think the boston tea party was something about that i mean the point is is that um we need better representation we need accountability we're losing that. People like Ted Lou, losers like that, are acting like they're our boss. They're not our boss. That's the sad truth. Well, that's actually the truth. It's not even sad. Let's take a listen to Stephen Miller. You're kind of the, the poster child, other than President Trump himself, for the left's outrage and bile directed toward any of us who believe in border enforcement first. What do Americans need to understand about what they're doing right now that's going to change America as we know it? Thank you, Laura. I just had a chance to begin reading and studying the legislation that was introduced today with the full support of Joe Biden. It is the most radical immigration bill ever written, ever drafted, ever submitted in the history of this country. It is 
breathtaking. As just a few examples, Laura, under this bill, every single illegal alien in the country who merely submits an application to the U.S. government, if they want to work, they are work authorized immediately. Just submitting the application, you are work authorized. Furthermore, every employer in the country is immediately allowed to hire illegal aliens even if they haven't submitted their application. In other words, you can hire an illegal alien just on their word that someday they may want to submit an application. So when you have 20 million Americans who want full-time jobs right now, but because of the pandemic they can't find them, illegal hiring is amnestied, illegal work is amnestied. This happens immediately day one. Additionally, and this might be the most insane thing of all, Laura, the legislation orders the Secretary of State to develop an application process to allow illegal aliens deported by the Trump administration, so from January 2017 to present day, to allow them to apply for re-entry and citizenship. Oh, my full God. Amnesty. Yes, it's in the bill, in the plan. So did you get that? All the people that tried to get in under the Trump administration, Biden is putting into the immigration bill, uh, or the, Biden's not doing it, his... His handlers are doing it. Um, But that immigration bill that the left is putting out there is basically saying, okay, we're going to go back and get try to get everybody that tried to come in our country during the Trump administration. And we're going to give them send them a notice saying, try again. We'll we'll make sure you get in. Wow. Plain text. So it's not Stephen. It's not just the ones that were waiting in Mexico pending their asylum applications. You're saying Everyone who is deported? Correct. In the legislation, it says okay, I that anybody, that. anybody who arrived, any, anybody who's lived in the country for at least three years who was deported by Donald Trump can reapply. And it orders the Secretary of State to develop a process to mail those applications out to the 200 countries in the world to where illegal aliens are deported. This is a full-scale attack on the very idea of nationhood. If you were, if you were trying to write a bill to eliminate the concept of having a nation, this is the bill you would write. It lets criminals back into the country. It says that as long as somebody has a need for family unity, their criminal conviction can be overlooked. Even very serious felony convictions can be overlooked and waived by the secretary in the name of family unity. And Stephen, I, Stephen, I want to... This, this is stunning information, that you're revealing tonight, reading the actual text of the bill. Um, I want to make sure everyone understands because people are very charitable and they want to give people a break. And I, I, I understand that. But this is not we're not talking about a couple of million people. We're not talking about 11 million illegals, Stephen. The actual number of illegal immigrants is much higher. A new Yale study says it's as high as 19.8 million And it doesn't seem to be slowing down. The Wall Street Journal reporting that more than 75,000 people were arrested crossing the border illegally in January, the most in any January in more than a decade. Why isn't this on every single network? And why do people keep saying 11 million people? That is like a 2006 number, Stephen. Right. Yeah. The time froze in 2006. This bill is so crazy, Laura, that under its own terms, if you came here on a student visa, say six months ago, you dropped out of school, you failed to show up in class, you violated the terms of your arrival, and you were supposed to go home and you didn't go home, and you've been living here just for a few, few weeks even. 
you can get citizenship, full citizenship in this country. It also, it also eliminates a law passed by Bill Clinton that establishes a waiting period to get free federal health care for people who get green cards. It just deletes it right in the bill. It says that section of law is gone. And just page after page after page. I'll give you another example. This bill establishes a $50,000 fine if a federal worker refers an application to law enforcement because they're concerned about what they see on it. It, it fines yeah. them $50,000. I could go on and on and on. The last yeah. point I'll Stephen, make, more. This, this, it the Republicans legal yeah. immigration, too. It Republicans in the Senate have got to resist this. They need to get 10 to break any filibuster, I believe, 10 Republicans. And there's lots of Chamber of Commerce Republicans who are, are fine with, you know, endless supply of cheap labor. This is an, a complete attack on our sovereignty and our independence. Stephen, thank you for joining us tonight and giving us just at least a, a glimpse into what's going on. So that's crazy. So then I responded to that and I said, it's, you know, I read this in the beginning, but then I'm going to read something else. It seems that everything liberals do is about buying, coercing and exploiting new voters to become Democrat voters who suddenly will receive voter registration as a Democrat whose ballot will automatically vote in a voting machine with an algorithm favorable to Democrats. It's not enough just to get them their their head count, get them registered as a person assign them a registration and then create a ballot on election day and then actually vote that have an automatic process that that ballot votes in a voting machine it's also that they have an algorithm that says uh that conservatives are three-fifths a man where have we heard that before you know the democrats used to fight tooth and nail it was the 13th and uh, 14th and 15th Amendments that said uh, abolish slavery. Democrats fought that tooth and nail. And then they said uh, that uh, that a black person is a whole person, not three-fifths of a person. And then they, they uh, said that uh, they um, have a right to vote. Uh, and so black people have a right to vote. And so there's uh, things that Republicans stood for. The Democrats uh, were opposed to back in the day when those amendments were passed. And, you know, slowly but surely, you know, you get these Democrats in office in, say, Louisiana, who are going to try to flip these states, whether it's Louisiana with their investment in electronic voting machines. They saw how well it worked in Georgia. They're going to try to do it. And, you know, Texas is slipping. Uh, you already lost Arizona, right? You really didn't really. But because Arizona is a state where I don't think it was lost. I think it was rigged. But still, you got to do better because, you know, somehow those electorates went to the other team. The idea is that they are working on Texas and Louisiana right now. And Texas has conservative legislature and conservative governor. So Texas is a tougher, tougher deal. But Louisiana has enough liberals in it to rig it. Just like I said yesterday about Mayor Nagy and him bringing race into things during Katrina. He wanted to rebuild New Orleans into a chocolate city. I mean, what kind of leadership says that, talks about color in that way and divides America among races and ethnic groups and skin color. 
Who does that? What kind of sick person does that but a liberal? The liberals that were the founders of the KKK. The last walking senator was Senator Byrd from West Virginia. He was a grand wizard. Last time there was ever a KKK was a Democrat. You know, and when the South was embraced in slavery and racism, they were run by these Democrats like George Wallace, the Democrat governor of Alabama, who stood in the doorway and said, those black girls can't integrate into this white school. Well, that was a Democrat, not a Republican. The Republicans came down and started winning elections from the North. And next, that's the carpetbagger concept. But they, they won elections. And next thing you know, uh, the, the southern states have become the most reliably red states in the history of America. Well, it's because Republicans are tolerant. It's the liberals with their Gestapo-like tactics, their censorship, and their intolerance. There was a professor that uh, spoke up against reparations uh, who got fired. You know, there's journalists at the New York Times getting fired left and right for things that they believe. It's incredible what we're seeing today, really. I went further and I said, immigration bill that offers amnesty to over 20 million illegal immigrants who potentially will carry the Kung flu Chinese virus will negatively impact 20 million American citizens who are trying to find jobs during a pandemic. It's been said that a country with a strong working independent middle class will always reject socialism. It's no wonder that the liberal Fauci COVID restrictions have resulted in the largest redistribution of wealth from America's working middle class to the aristocratic elites. Take it to the bank. That's exactly what's happening. And these liberals know it. It's so sad, but true. And it's got to stop. So this is a story, uh, the one I was talking about, Missing Marine Sentry Outside West Wing Sparks White House Questions. Let's take a listen to Jen Psaki. I'm going to start with a housekeeping question. Oh, okay. Well, is it, we'll, we'll just go to you. We'll go to you, Deborah. Go ahead. Thank you so much. Um, I, this morning I saw there was no Marine out front in the front door during the, the 945 briefing. And I asked lower press. Lower press says, we don't have to have a Marine out front when the president is in the Oval Office. And I've been getting emails and questions ever since I filed that pool report. Is if there is a if there is no marine out front, does that mean that the president is not in the Oval Office? The president was in the Oval Office this morning, uh, working, receiving the PDB, and all the things that you're aware of from the schedule. Um, there hasn't been a change of policy. So, if if there's no marine there, that doesn't mean anything. Uh, again, I, I mean, I could certainly talk to them about the specific circumstances of this morning, but I can report to you that the president was in the Oval Office and the policy that's long been in place uh, continues to be in place. People are fascinated by this. I want to start with a- <laughs> How fascinating. Uh, that's what they said, right? All right, let's take uh, an- another read. Um, John Roberts writes, The Biden White House is housing undocumented non-citizen children in the same facility Democrats described as kids in cages during the Trump administration. Hmm. 
Interesting. So Emily the Strange says, how the heck, she used a different word, but how the heck did a generation raised on South Park and Family Guy become so offended by everything? Good question. Jim Jordan writes, Congressman Jim Jordan writes, that's never been a big, there's never been a bigger disinformation campaign than the Russian hoax. But the left is trying to cancel Newsmax, Fox News, and One American News Network for speaking the truth. So I want to switch gears in the time we have left and talk about the Equality Act, uh, the Equality Act. So there's this little ramp, ring, ramp, um, wrestling going on in the uh, hallways of the Congress between Representative Marie Newman and Representative Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene. So Marjorie Taylor Greene says, Our neighbor, Representative Marie Newman, wants to pass the so-called Equality Act to destroy women's rights and religious freedoms. Thought we'd put up our... So what happened was Marie Newman puts up a transgender flag outside her office knowing that her office is across the hall from Marjorie Taylor Greene's office. So every time Marjorie Taylor Greene opens her door, she's going to go ahead and see this transgender flag sitting right across the hall. And that's somehow going to ruin Marjorie Taylor Greene's day. Of course it's not. Nobody really cares. And, and you know, the biggest problem is if you listen to Hollywood and mainstream media and everything else in between, you get the impression that somehow homosexuals represent 98% of the, the, our country. Um, or that transgenders represent 48% of our country. You know, it's not the case. I mean, I think homosexuals, that number's well below 10%. I, I, transgenders is like 1%. Uh, when we're talking about school bathrooms and middle schools, so it's pretty sad that, you know, Marjorie, uh, this woman, uh, Newman, uh, talks about her child, a boy, um, who wants to become a girl, I think that's child abuse to, to allow that to happen. You can love your child and you can actually talk with your child and, and actually, actually make sure your child is thinking this through and in a way that's healthy. Uh, maybe even give them a therapist to help them uh, with their thoughts. And not saying that, uh, you know, that the person who thinks that way is damaged goods. They're not. I'm not saying that. I'm saying what I'm saying is, is that they're too young to make this, uh, lifelong decisions like that. Just like I think it's a crime to allow your child uh, to put a tattoo on their body that they're going to regret later. You know, so um, Congresswoman, Mar- <laughs> she, she puts it, Congresswoman Marie Newman uh, says, without the Equality Act. Well, I always have a problem with the the gender thing too. Well, didn't Nancy Pelosi say you're not allowed to use like his and they and whatever? You know, it's, you got to use gender neutral terms. Well, Congresswoman, that's in violation of her own caucus, right there. But I, Congressman, you see, when they say uh, when Armstrong said one giant leap for mankind, he was including women. Women has the word man in it. So when you talk about man in a general sense, that includes women. 
So I just think we need to get past that. You know, we could make the argument. But in any case, without the equality, Congresswoman Marie Newman says this. Without the Equality Act, millions of Americans like my daughter can be denied housing, education, and more simply because they identify as transgender. I'm voting to pass the Equality Act for my daughter, the strongest, bravest person I know, which her daughter was a boy, but is somehow transgender. As mothers, so Marjorie Taylor Greene writes this, as mothers, we all love and support our children. But your biological son does not belong in my daughter's bathrooms, locker rooms, and sports teams. I'm telling you, this is going to single-handedly kill women's sports. Everything, all the sacrifices that were made uh, through Title IX, and all of the advancements that have been made as a result of Title IX, and the sacrifices that have been paid and made by Fringe team, non-money-making fringe sports like wrestling that were cut by several colleges to make room for equality in, in athletics in colleges because the football teams took up so many men. You know, there were so many men on a football team, like 60, 70 men, that the problem was the quota-based system that I disagree with and don't like and don't support uh, then through Title IX, mandated that you cut sports that are lo- money losers, like wrestling. So to make way for rowing teams and, and lacrosse and all kinds of women's sports, okay, that's great. That's not great for wrestling, but I mean, it's, 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 I, under- I, didn't, I never supported it because I love wrestling so much. But I understood the upside to it, the value of it. But that's all being squashed now because in in one stroke of a pen, they're going to single-handedly ruin women's athletics forever. And that's a a fact. Because these women can't compete with the men uh, that call themselves women. They just can't in track and field and in any, any physical sport. So it's a sad, sad thing that liberals are advancing their ridiculous radical agenda and putting it on taxpaying Americans to pay their salaries. It's just absurd. With that, uh, we I'd love to leave you on a higher note. Well, there is a high note. You can go to scottadamshow.com and check out our latest podcast. I'll be posting this show up on the Scott Adams Show real quick, really soon. So uh, with that, uh, my name's Scott Adams, and I'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye now. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper And grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper Just to bury my kids right up to there